0: want to preach, uh, as we continue our series, what if we prayed? What if we prayed? Last week, we we started that prayer that the Lord gave us, that beautiful prayer that many times we call the Lord's Prayer, that Jesus gave to us in one of his sermons, and we started preaching about our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, this all-powerful, all-right resourceful, all-knowing, all-loving Father in heaven. He's infinite. He's not bound by time or space. And he is eternal. He is, has no beginning and he will have no ending. And, and we talked about our Father. But then we took it down to a personal level and really a beautiful level when we realized that our Father in heaven, of all this greatness and vastness, If we have accepted the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, then we belong to Him. And we become accepted in Him. We become belonging in Him. So this great God has not decided to step back and just watch the world from a distance. He has become involved, and even more so wants to be involved in my life, and He wants to be involved in your life. He is an individual God. So our Father, who art in heaven? What if we prayed mindful of that? What if we prayed, and when we prayed, we we believed and we remembered how great he is, but also how personal he is to us. I think it would increase our faith as we pray. It would increase our knowing that he cares for us and he has the answers for us. So let's read this beautiful prayer together, Matthew chapter six, beginning at verse 9. This beautiful prayer that we're going to to take apart as we go through this series, What If We Pray. Verse 9 says this, Jesus tells them, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts or forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. So as we go to that next part of this beautiful prayer that Jesus gave us, I thought of a word, respect, respect. The the, the prayer begins by talking about our Father in heaven, but then Jesus said, Hallowed be thy name. Honored be thy name. Esteemed be thy name. Respected be thy name. Holy and separate be thy name. This would be another good plug for Sunday school. Pastor Allison just brought out that word holy in class this morning here in the sanctuary. Honored and esteemed, established, respected, holy. That name that is high above any of us. We should show respect to God. You see, there's no ruler who will ever be as great as God. There's no famous person on the cover of People magazine or the National Enquirer that will be any greater or well known than God. No wealthy person deserves any greater respect than we should give to to God. But as people, sometimes I'm afraid we get wrapped up in other people. And we place such respect and esteem on them. But we must remind ourselves that he is God and there is no other. And our greatest respect must be reserved for him. You see, he is holy. He is consecrated. That means he has no sin. God knows no evil. His character has no evil. He is totally clean and he is totally pure. God is totally separated from sin. He's totally separated from unrighteousness. He deserves the utmost respect, and his name deserves the utmost respect. Revelation 15 and 4 sums up some of this topic. When John the Revelator wrote down this, Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. He asked a question there, who shall not fear you, O Lord? Now God doesn't want us to, in a sense, just be completely terrified of him, although his power can be terrifying. But he wants us to have a holy reverence towards him, a holy respect towards him. Who shall fear you, O Lord? And glorify your name. You alone are holy. He alone is holy. But you see, unfortunately, everyone does not respect his name. There's been a loss of respect. I believe we could all agree that maybe even within society, just in general, there's been a loss of respect, of common courtesy, of common respect. But we must guard within the church house and within God's house and among God's people how we walk and how we talk and how we communicate and, and, and how we live our lives. Are we respecting God? Even when we come here and assemble together in this beautiful place to worship God, may we have a sense of awe and a sense of respect. May it never become a time of being flippant or just going through the motions or the routine. But when we come together corporately as God has called us to do, may we have a respect and an awe for God and God's presence. May we have a respect for the sanctuary in the house of God. This is just a building, but we have dedicated it to come to worship God in it. And may, we, may we respect His house. May we respect His great name. You see, we show respect in a courtroom. When I've gone to to court or to courtrooms, and before I enter that courtroom, I leave my cell phone in the car because the judge doesn't allow it in the courtroom. I show respect. I empty my pockets and they wave wands and they check me before I go in. I sit when they say sit, and when the judge comes in, we stand up and we don't show a peep otherwise, or we're found in contempt of court. I want to tell us that God is worthy of that same respect. He is the great judge. You you see, we show respect in a classroom with a professor. There are procedures and seating charts. And we address our teacher by professor or doctor or or mister or, or missus. And I believe we ought to do that. But how much more should we respect God? He is worthy of our respect. We respect the national anthem. I was at a a basketball game several times this week. And when the national anthem begins to play, what do we do? We stand up. We take our hats off. Put our hand on our heart or some may salute. And we honor the flag and we honor our country. And I think that's good. But how much more should we honor God and the things of God and the presence of God? And God help us when we find ourselves in his presence. I want to be in the right posture. Maybe sometimes that means standing up and giving him worship and honor. Sometimes that might be kneeling down and showing surrender. But I want to be found as an individual in the right posture before my God because he deserves my respect. We respect our parents. We show respect at the dinner table. We show respect to elderly people. We open doors and we say, yes, sir. And we say, yes, ma'am. And I believe we should show all of those things. But God should have respect from us, from whatever comes out of our mouths, towards and about Him. And His great name should not be taken in vain. Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. Now let me tell you, that's more than just saying that horrible, horrible curse word. It's more than that. It's invoking His name when I shouldn't be using His name. His name is holy. His name is great. His name has saved me and protected me. God, help me when my lips are speaking of Your name. Let it be of the utmost respect and honor and dignity that You deserve because Your name is great and You are greatly to be respected. And praised. I ask us this morning to examine in our hearts and to think: Have we lost any respect for His great name, or do we honor His name? Do we bless and not curse? Do we worship it and not use it as jargon or or bywords or feeler words, but but as holy words? You see, in Old Testament times. They wouldn't even speak certain versions of God's name because of such respect and honor. May we honor him. May we honor his name. And no wonder Jesus said in the second line of this beautiful, beautiful prayer, Hallowed be thy name. So what if we prayed in light of that? What if we prayed in light of this awesome name of God What if respect permeated not just our prayers, but our lifestyle and our praise and our worship? Let me preach for just a moment then about respect learned. Respect learned. There are many names in the Bible used to describe God. And there are many adjectives in the Bible used to describe God. But Elohim is is one of those names that was used over 2,500 times And Elohim refers to God's power and might. Genesis 1-1 used that version of his name when when the writer, most likely Moses, wrote, In the beginning, God, Elohim, in in his power and his might, he created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 19-1 invoked that name when it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The expanse of the heavens, the works of his hands, and the firmament shows his handy work. What am I preaching about? I'm preaching about a name that has power, a name that has might, and we should respect that name. We should learn how great and mighty and powerful he is. Another name that was used over 6,800 times was Jehovah. And, and that name Jehovah then became, there were at least nine other, what we would call, I guess, compound names. Like Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Nisi that were just to, to describe Jehovah God, our God. Let me tell you some things about those names. One version of his name says God will provide. How many knows God will provide? Now, I know later in the prayer we're going to talk about, Lord, give us our daily bread. But it it doesn't hurt to remind ourselves right here as we start a new year, God will provide. You may be looking at a budget. You may be looking at a, a challenging financial situation. Put your trust in God. God will provide. Another version of his name says, God is my banner. God is my covering. I'm glad that he has me covered. One version said, he is the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. You see, me and you with God will never be outnumbered by the enemy. Because yes, God is one, but he's the Lord of hosts. Mighty are his hosts. Mighty are his warring angels for us. Mighty is his power towards us. Mighty is his church that surrounds us. I'm reminded of the prophet who who they were facing, the enemy coming in towards them, and his his servant was panicking. He said, we're surrounded. And and the prophet prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. And he saw that he and the prophet were surrounded by the host of the army of God. I want to tell us this morning that sometimes we may feel alone, but as children of God, God is fighting for us. And there are always more on our side than are against us if we're with God. He's not just the God of hosts. He is the Lord of peace. If there's ever a time that we need Jehovah God, the Lord of peace, it's in these days and these hours in which we live. Can I just tell us with love why so many turn to the bottle or to drugs or to bad habits or to to Terrible choices is because they have no peace and they're looking to find peace. But I want to promise us that Jesus Christ gives us peace and God is a God of peace. And sometimes this world might rattle you and me. Sometimes this world might pressure us and we, we lose our peace, we lose our confidence and we, and we begin to worry and we begin to stress. And it's in those times we must remind ourselves that God is the God God. Of peace and say, God, let your peace rule over my mind and over my heart again. You are a God of peace. I want to tell us this morning God wants us to be able to lay our head on the pillow at night. If I love to eat first, I love to sleep second. He wants us to be able to lay our head on the pillow at night. And rest and be at peace. And here's the beautiful thing if I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, my sins forgiven, my name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, really and truly, I should be able to just lay my head back and go to sleep. Because if I don't wake up, I'm going to wake up with Him. And if I know him, I know he's this God of peace. And he's going to work all these other things that are challenging me and coming against me. He's going to work them out. May we have peace from this God of peace. He's the sanctifier. He's our shepherd. He's our righteousness. Another name was the Lord who is present. And he's the Lord who is our healer. Aren't those beautiful names of this great God? No wonder Jesus said, Our Father which art in heaven. And then he said, "Hallowed, honored, holy be thy name. When I learn who he is, it's easy to respect him. Have you ever met someone and at first you said, I don't have a lot of respect for them. But after you got to know them, you, you thought, well, I do have some more respect for that person. All of these names of God speak to who He is, His characteristics. The more I know who He is, the easier it becomes for me to respect Him. The more I experience who He is, the easier it becomes for me to respect Him. And I say we should do everything we can to learn more about God. I believe we should do everything we can to experience more from God. And then our respect in turn will grow for. God. And my final point this morning that will translate in respect that is lived out. Respect that is lived out. I can say that I respect someone, but my actions will verify whether I truly respect them or not. I can say I respect a teacher in a classroom, but if I am throwing wads of paper, which I probably was guilty of a few times, but it's all forgiven now, under the blood. I'm New creation. But if I say I respect the teacher, but I'm throwing wads of paper and I'm moving around the classroom, I probably don't respect the, the teacher. If I say I respect the judge, but I'm getting up in the middle of, of the court proceedings and, and making a commotion or speaking out, then I don't fully respect his authority. And it's the same with God. We say we respect God, and if we do, our lives will show that we respect. Psalm 91 and 1, he who dwells or he who lives in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You see, it's a beautiful thing. I know the message maybe in some ways is a little challenging. It's challenging us to step up our respect for God. But it's not just a challenging message this morning. It's a, it's a sweet message. Because when my respect is where it should be and when I'm living that respect towards God, then I'm dwelling in his secret place. I'm abiding under his shadow of the Almighty. And he's protecting me and I'm part of him. Let's look at Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. And if the praise team would come and get ready to, to sing for us before we leave this morning, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. I want to close with this beautiful passage that's very well known to, to us this morning. His great name. Isaiah put it this way He said, Have you not known and have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, The creator of the ends of the earth. He neither faints nor is he weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Next slide. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength. Let's look at the next verse. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young man shall utterly fall. Have you ever felt faint and weary and felt like you'd fallen down? Here's the good news. We can live this respect out. You say, Pastor, I've made a decision. I want to respect Him with my life. But I'm weary. I'm tired. I, I, I struggle with sin. I, I, all the, I want to tell us this morning, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Let me preach this morning very delicately, very carefully and just tell you until we get over there with Him and we obtain that glorified body and we obtain that holiness that He's going to make us what a beautiful time that's going to be when we become like Him. But until we get there every one of us are going to need times of renewing. And here's what I want to say as your pastor. I want to just tell you, don't be ashamed when you need a time of renewing. Don't come in here hanging your head and looking at the floor and being embarrassed because you might need a time of renewing. That's what grace is for. That's what God is for. He's the lifter of our heads. And from time to time, every one of us may come in this place Feeling down, feeling discouraged, feeling defeated. But I want to remind us this morning that even the youth will grow weary and faint and utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord, we shall renew their strength. What do we do, Pastor, in those times? We just begin to wait on the Lord. We begin to wait on the Lord. We just do the best we can. Paul said, having done all to stand, we stand, therefore. And sometimes we're in those stand there for seasons. Sometimes we're in those moments where we just can't really put one foot in front of the other and we're waiting on the Lord. I want to promise you, if you are waiting on the Lord, He will come by your way and He will renew your strength. Here's what then happens. They shall mount up with wings like the eagles. You see, the eagles don't fly low like the other birds. The eagles soar high above. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I say this morning, Lord, I want to respect you. I want to learn more about you so that I can respect you more. And Lord, as I live it out, As I live it out, I want to do my best to respect you, but I need your help. How many would say this morning, God, I need your help. I need your help. God, I I want to serve you. I want to do what's right. I want to live it out. But God, I need your help. I just do it a little differently this morning. We, We...